0: Well, thank you so much for that very warm welcome. I'm not sure that Helsham's that far away, but <laughs> not exactly international. Let me just give myself a little bit more space here. How are you doing? Good, good. I was interested in the way that Mike started the worship today. From he normally likes truth and then feeling, but he went feeling and truth, and that's a little bit what the message is gonna to be today. Gonna to talk about some feelings. Um, and uh, yes, I trust that God will bless us um, in this. Um, You know, there's much in uh, our lives at the moment in the modern world that can cause us to be anxious and fearful, and those two things I want to talk about this morning, anxious and fear. Um, I really don't need to rehearse um, what's going on. Um, They're very prominent, aren't they, in the news and in our minds. You know, fuel costs and heating costs, our nation living beyond its means, us borrowing eye-watering amounts to pay for the pandemic and now for the troubles that we're in now. High inflation, the possibility of recession, discord among the countries in the so-called United Kingdom, war on the edge of Europe, natural disasters occurring, it seems, almost weekly, Floods, hurricanes, monsoons, and the like. Um, Decline in morals in our country. Break up of family life. Church decline in some areas. Distrust of politicians. Oh, there's heaps out there, isn't there? And at times there's palpable fear, I think, in the air. But Jesus said these words to his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Well done, on cue, on the ball there. Um, And if his disciples needed to hear that um, all those years ago, so do we. These words are important for us to hear. Whether you're a disciple of Jesus or not, um, I believe these words from Jesus will have an impact upon our lives. So can we turn to John 14 um, on your phones or in your Bibles? Or you can read um, from the screen. John 14, and the first three verses there. This is what Jesus is saying. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. In these verses recorded by uh, John, we see Jesus is speaking about overcoming anxiety, fear, shame, and betrayal. And I believe as God's children, we can live free or freer from anxiety and fear, and shame that can sometimes cripple us, and the burden of betrayal and rejection you know these emotions are common to us all and can cause us pain and conflict uh, even bondage and will affect us and those around us if you are anxious you might not realize it but you're affecting the people around you as well this fits well as uh, as Jeff has already said alongside the message that Al brought us last week of the God of all comfort Sometimes we may be aware of anxiety with us. You know, our body alerts us to it, doesn't it? Other times we somehow tolerate a low level of anxiety. We get used to being anxious. The context that Jesus was speaking into here was one of anxiety and fear that would unravel in the days to come. But the first thing to note here is that we have our part to play in what Jesus Is saying, Jesus said, Do not let your heart be troubled. These words are straightforward to understand. Young children can understand them. Do not let, do not let this happen. Don't let anxiety, fear, shame, betrayal dominate your heart. Don't let anxiety affect or infect your heart. The sense of these words are imperative. You know, they're commanding. Stop being troubled. When you're restless at night or wake up, what dominates your thinking? I struggle at times when I wake up at night. You know, the negatives of the previous day can crowd in, or unresolved conflicts can loom large in our thinking, in our downtime. That which dominates our thinking begins to trouble our hearts. It seems to work its way down into our hearts. Things that we dwell on in our head sink downwards. If our thoughts are uh, full of anxiety and we continually dwell on them, eventually they will trouble our hearts and our emotions are affected. It's like an A-road becoming a motorway. As you allow more traffic on it, it becomes bigger and bigger. Jesus said, don't let it. Don't do it. Stop allowing your heart to be troubled. So I want us to dig deeper into what Jesus was saying to his disciples. Jesus spoke these words on Thursday evening before Good Friday. It was Passover week. Let me remind you of the events of that week. On the Sunday, what we call Palm Sunday, Jesus entered triumphantly into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey. Uh, with crowds shouting Hosanna. And there was great significance in that. Then on the Tuesday, he went with his disciples outside the city, sat on the Mount of Olives. Can you just picture that? Jesus, uh, the teacher with his disciples, sitting round. And Jesus prophesies to his disciples. We don't always recognize this as a prophecy, but Jesus prophesies to his disciples. And this was not a nice comforting prophetic word this was not an edifying word this was not going to build them up we read this um, prophecy in Matthew 24 and let me just give you a summary of what Jesus was saying to his disciples he was saying you will hear of wars and rumors of wars see that you don't be alarmed in brackets don't be troubled these wars and rumors of wars must take place Nations will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Famines will come, earthquakes will happen in various places. Jesus was all prophesying this on the Tuesday. This prophecy had potential, I think, to cause anxiety and fear in the hearts of the disciples. What was Jesus doing? What is your reaction to wars, wars in Europe, to disasters, To floods in your local area. You had a massive flood here, didn't you, a few years ago. The possibility of another pandemic. Jesus goes on to say, you'll be delivered up to tribulation and put to death. This prophecy gets worse, doesn't it? You'll be hated by all nations. You'll be shamed for believing in me. We're shamed, aren't we, for believing in God. We're shamed for the truths that we hold to. That could cause fear in us, doesn't it? We're, we're, fearful. we're fearful of speaking out at times, aren't we? Jesus goes on to say, Many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. False prophets will come. It's doom and gloom, isn't it? False prophets will come and perform miracles, signs and wonders. Lawlessness will increase. The love of many will grow cold. Betrayal leads us down the road of bitterness and our hearts can grow cold. And then Jesus prophesied about the abomination of the desolation standing in the holy place. Now, I believe there was a partial fulfillment of this prophecy in AD 70 when the Romans destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. So just a few decades after Jesus was crucified, destruction came and the fall of Jerusalem happened. So the words of Jesus that he prophesied on that Tuesday of Passover week, were partially fulfilled. But what are we to make of all this? Jesus spoke this prophecy to his disciples to prepare them for what was to come. And I believe there's an ongoing fulfillment of this prophetic word from Jesus that will continue until his return. That's played out, isn't it, in the world around us. So Jesus was also preparing us too. Every time... There is a war or a rumor of a war every time there's a natural disaster such as an earthquake, a famine or a volcano, even a pandemic. This prophecy is being fulfilled and we need to be prepared for these things. Let me give give you some statistics that I quickly looked up there are around 40 million people in the world that are living in famine conditions not just a bit short of money they're living in famine conditions that's according to the world food program there are 1500 active volcanoes the worldatlas.com told me that annually there are around 15 earthquakes that measure 7 or above on the Richter scale There are currently 40 wars around the globe, according to Wikipedia. So Jesus' words are being fulfilled. Every time there's ethnic uh, conflict, every time there's nations in tension with one another, or there's racial tension, like there was in Leicester this week, this prophecy is being fulfilled. Every time nuclear war is threatened... Or biological and chemical weapons are used, this prophecy is being fulfilled. Every time the media gives a false narrative, or fake news is spread, or conspiracy theories flourish, we're being exposed to false prophecies. These words of Jesus have been and are being fulfilled. Every time people are mugged or stabbed or shot or murdered on our streets, this prophecy is being fulfilled. And what is our reaction? What do we say? What do we feel? Do these events cause us anxiety and fear? What should our reaction be? Well, Jesus is very clear, isn't he? He said it to his, his disciples about this prophecy. Two days later, after he'd said these, these things to his disciples, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't do this. Don't let your heart be dominated with troubles. So how are we to live like this? Are we to hide away in our church communities, protect ourselves from outside influences somehow? Do we insulate ourselves from all that is evil and bad and wrong? Do we stop listening to the news? Is separation the answer? Or maybe escapism is the answer. Eating lots of chocolate and cake and playing video games. Maybe that's the answer. Comforting ourselves. No, Jesus said in John 17, 15, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, not that you take the disciples out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. We are to live in the world, absolutely, but we are protected by the hand of God. There's a beautiful picture in the Psalms which says that we live under the shadow of his wing. We live under his protection. We choose to live under his protection protection so the answer is not to remove ourselves physically or emotionally but not to allow troubles to dominate our heart not to give into anxiety or being manipulated by fear insurance company manipulators with fear sorry if there's any insurance people here We're not to be controlled by shame, shame that's happened to us or our families. and We're not to be eaten up with betrayal or rejection, not allow anything to affect us so much that we cannot live in peace and display that beautiful fruit of the Spirit. I don't know about you, but this is a challenge that I grapple with at times. And I guess if you're honest, you grapple with um, anxiety and fear and these things at times. Jesus, of course, himself knew what it was to experience things that deeply troubled him. That very evening, when he spoke these words, on the Thursday evening of that Passover week, he was about to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was so anxious that he sweat drops of blood. Not many of us have experienced anxiety at that level, I'm sure. He knew agony and anxiety. He knew fear. The fear of a shameful death that was ahead of him. The betrayal of a disciple that loved him and he loved Judas. Jesus knew that eventually that week, all his disciples would desert him. Jesus totally understands all of our anxiety and fear. But he faced it. So how are we not to let our hearts be troubled? It starts, as we've already seen, with a decision in our minds, a decision in our will. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Even if you're experiencing right now the worst thing ever in your life, Even if your greatest nightmare is unfolding before your eyes, Jesus says, don't let it trouble your heart. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? Often we want God to click his finger and take it all away, to stop the flood coming against us. but He says, no, you stop the troubling thoughts. (laughs) You take authority over all those troubling thoughts. Now, that's a challenge. It's a challenge I don't always rise to. But Jesus is very clear. It's a challenge, isn't it, when your body's reacting to fear, when you've got those headaches that you know are because of anxiety or your stomach's upset and you know the reason. But we're to take authority. You stop that. David in Psalm 1 says, A blessed man delights in the law of the Lord, and meditates on it day and night. What fills your minds when you cannot sleep? What dominates your thinking? What is in your mind during your downtimes, when you're not occupied with family, with life, and with other matters? Jesus' command is, don't be troubled by these powerful and unwelcome thoughts and emotions. They want to trap and hold you. Jesus was very clear in, Matthew 6 as well, he says, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you should eat or drink, or about your body, what you should wear, what will happen to me, all those sorts of things. Who is going to be there for me? Take authority, he says. This is a command. It's unequivocal. There's no shade of interpretation here. There's no ambiguity. You can't translate these words in any other way. And this is important for us to do. And of course, His grace and His power is there to help us, to help us set our minds in the right direction. Do you obey the command of Jesus, not to worry and not to let your heart be troubled? We're not created, you see, to live with high levels of anxiety. And we are created, but we, we are to speak to those fears. Paul says in Romans 12, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Don't let your mind be conformed to anxiety or fear. Let it be transformed. J.B. Phillips' translation says this, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mould, but let God remould your minds from within. So, the first part is our responsibility. Don't conform to it, don't go there. Then, God's part, He supernaturally enables us. The Holy Spirit comes to us with His healing and His transformation. I want to just give you a personal experience. I hope I haven't used this before when I've, I've come to you, but I worked in um, Haiti about uh, 12 or 13 years ago, and it was the, immediately after that um, dreadful earthquake that they had in the country, I went and worked in a medical clinic there. This was um, a few months after the earthquake. And in the city that I was working, a cholera outbreak happened, and um, I was working with a Uh, a number of of nurses there and um, it was also hurricane season, it's hurricane season, I didn't realise it's about this time of the year, hurricane season, I didn't realise hurricanes happened um, uh, that time of the year but I was actually there when um, a hurricane was brewing, Uh, thankfully it was only a tropical storm when it got to us, I say only a tropical storm, that was scary enough and there were elections at the time as well and there was rioting on the streets outside of where I was living and for a time we couldn't go out of the, the uh, mission uh, properties. And you know, I felt overwhelmed with anxiety. I felt fearful at that time. I hold my hand up to feeling like that. And it reminded me of 10 years previously when... I had a period of uh, work when I was um, very stressed and almost on the edge uh, uh, of burnout. And I could feel those feelings coming again, and it was very uncomfortable. And uh, I felt overwhelmed. And I sat in the garden one early uh, morning. In fact, it was a morning like this. It was blue sky. And I just love blue sky and sun because it makes you feel good, didn't you? But I didn't feel good. (laughs) That blue sky didn't help. And um, uh, God spoke to me through Isaiah 43. And uh, this is what he said. And he brought me to these verses in different ways on a couple of occasions. He said, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. Duncan, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Duncan, I'm going to be with you in this. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. They will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So Jesus says, don't do this, don't let your heart be troubled, but do this. Believe in God. Jesus said, trust in God, trust in me too. If you want to have um, John 14 open in front of you, we'll just pick out a few of these um, truths here. In these verses here, we've got essential truths to believe that will counteract, that will help us in these situations, that strengthen us. If you're a waitrose um, shopper, they have their essential range, don't they? Which are meant to be cheaper. Um, these are the essential truths for us. Okay. Firstly, believe in God or trust in God. See in verse one. Some translations use the word trust, and some use the word believe. This is not a vague belief in God. The sense of what Jesus is saying here is: believe in your heart in God, trust in your heart in trust your heart. To Father God. You know, replace the trouble with trust. That's what he's saying. Replace the trouble with trust. And you know, why would we not trust our creator? Why would we not trust the one who sustains everything? The one who is Alpha and the Omega. The one who is the beginning and the end. The one who knows all things. The one who is eternal. Who is our Father. The one who loves us that we've been singing about. This morning. It's a no brainer, isn't it? Trust God. Trust God. Amen? Come on. Yes, trust God. Replace trouble with trust. Secondly, trust in Jesus, the Son. Trust in Jesus' leadership and your life. You've given your life to Jesus, most of you here this morning. Trust his leadership in your life trust his promises just like i had to trust that promise in haiti when i felt i was sinking we trust his promises he is our shepherd jesus is the best pastor ever he is our pastor over in john 16 jesus said take heart because i have overcome the world why would we not trust in the one who has conquered the one who has overcome sin, the one who overcame temptation, the one who overcame death, the one who came, overcame anxiety and fear and all he went through in that final week. He is the ultimate overcomer and we can become overcomers because we are in Christ. He that is in you is greater than he that is in Amen. That's a great verse. I love that verse. There's such power in that verse. That's one of my favourite verses. I go to that regularly. It's 1 John 4. 4. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Thirdly, believe in your destiny. In my Father's house, Jesus said, there are many rooms. Now, there will not be rooms for Baptists with big swimming pools because they like baptising people. There's not going to be rooms for Catholics with plenty of room for icons because they like their icons. There's not going to be a strict Baptist room with pews because they like sitting on pews apparently. There's not going to be a room for charismatics that's soundproof because we make a lot of noise at times. It's not that sort of room. The image of many rooms is probably taken from larger houses at the time when sons and daughters would live in like an apartment within the house of the the parents. You are going to live in Father's house. That's great, isn't it? I know a church called Father's House. What a great name for a church. The Father, you know, has always wanted you in his house. And he's preparing an even better house for you to, to dwell with his other children. You know, God dwelt first with his children in the Garden of Eden, didn't he? Then in the tabernacle, to be close to his people and in the temple. And eventually, eventually Jesus uh, will return and we'll have a city which will be our new home. Our destiny is the Father's house. And there's many rooms because there's going to be a multitude of people there. We have to have that heavenly perspective, don't we, of the future. Fourthly, believe in the family of God. You'll not be in the Father's house on your own. You're not going to be rattling around in your special space in the sky on your own. The whole family of God are going to be there. Those who were broken, those who were sick, those you didn't like are going to be there. All who love Jesus, all God's people, changed into his likeness with new bodies. A great multitude of people. What an exciting future, eh? Ah, one person thinks that. That's great. Anyway, fifthly, Jesus is preparing a place for you. What does this mean? How is Jesus preparing a place for you? Well, the preparation for you was the cross, the torture and death that Jesus was about to face on that Thursday evening was the preparation for the place for you. Jesus was going to be crucified that the day after he spoke these words, to become your saviour. I go to prepare a place for you. You see, Jesus is not doing housework in preparation for you. He's not choosing the wallpaper and the curtains and the soft furnishings. No, his preparation was on the cross. The giving of his life, his body and his blood for you. That preparation was made so that you can live in relationship with God now, thoroughly released from sin. It's all paid for, the burden gone. Sixthly, Jesus is coming to take you home to be with Him. What comfort that brings, you know, during trials and temptations and difficulties. I once remember speaking to. A friend who was a missionary, she was in a very difficult situation. The the culture was very oppressive. Uh, She was in a tropical environment, so it was like 40 degrees every day, not like just for a few days we've had in the summer here. Um, And the work was hard. I said, how do you cope with this? This is dreadfully stressful. She said, it's not going to last forever. She had the heavenly perspective. And you know, the things that are trials for us in, in this life are not going to last forever. Arthritis won't last forever. Cancer won't. Climate disasters won't. Hardships won't. Whatever causes you anxiety and fear is not going to last forever. Jesus is ultimately going to take you home out of it, even if you're anxious up to the end of your life. Because Jesus said, where I am you will be. He's never going to leave us. We are never orphaned. You can have absolute trust that Jesus is going to be with you from now into eternity. And from infinity to beyond, if you like, toy story. Seventhly, in verse 6, believe Jesus' words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The life he promises is not just in the future, but is forever a close relationship with him. Eighthly, we're getting there. Jesus will give you the Holy Spirit. Verses 15 and 16. The Spirit of truth is our comforter and our counsellor, as Al was telling us about last week. He brings truth to us when we are fearful and anxious and rejected and need that comfort. That truth is... Is what we are to listen to when we're facing fear and anxiety. Next, Jesus lives and because he lives, we will live. Verse 19, because Jesus was raised on the third day, we will be raised on the last day, changed into his likeness. And lastly, tenthly, Jesus always brings peace. Jesus promises peace. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. I deposit within you peace. I give it to you as a deposit. Let's just finish then with reading that verse, verse 27 of John 14. Peace I leave with you, Jesus said. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, but do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Amen. Amen. Can we stand? Because I just believe it would be good for us to pray together ask the worship team, Mike, if you can come back and be playing for us. If you're not anxious or stressed today, that's great. But I can assure you, and this is not a prophecy, that one day you will be (laughs) because that's life. But I'd like us just to um, just to have a, a corporate time of ministry, if you like, and uh, just to just to deal with God, have some business with God this morning. Is that okay? What we're going to do, I'll tell you what we're going to do, so it's not a surprise. The first thing I want us to do is to, to to turn to God, to pour out our complaint. As I say, even if you're not feeling anxious today, that's fine. But pour out those feelings to God. Mike started with feelings, didn't he? And I think that's quite significant that we, (laughs) our our feelings are very important. So God wants to hear our feelings. He wants to hear our complaint. We're not going to complain to God, but we're going to pour out our feelings to God. (laughs) Let him know, turn to him. And then then we're going to ask him to be with us and listen. Maybe God's going to give you some keys, um, some truths that you need to learn and to listen to when anxiety is there, when fear is there. And then we're going to receive his peace. Is that okay? Yeah? Good. Let's just come before God then.